This week, we're talking about whether cat people are more accepting of dogs than dog people are of cats. Keep your hands off that pause button. It's more research required. Oh, that was pretty bad. I've I've done a terrible misdeed. <laughs> Science and technology. I'm Amy Giacomucci. And this is More Research Required, a show where we talk about research studies that no one will give us the money to do. And also just riff a lot. Wow, we're so good at riffing. Yeah. This is what the people want. Yeah, I'm sure that people have now figured out what the structure of this podcast is from the two minutes that we spent on this. Yeah, yeah, you know, we make a lot of jokes, allude to the fact that we might do research, and then just make more jokes. That is actually kind of, I mean, sometimes we're lighter on the jokes, but that's not actually a bad description of what this podcast (laughs) is. Like, we don't do research. (laughs) But we talk about what would happen if we did. And this week, we're talking about cats and dogs. Yeah, we actually have a visitor, which is a dog that is somewhere outside of my open window, which I will not close. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be on the recording. I'm going to go with probably. And I am too warm to close this window. So I will not. That's very reasonable. And I mean, it's thematic. Yeah, it's really appropriate. And I think it adds like sort of the special effects that I should be editing in. Oh, that would be great. You should do some sound effects. You should put a sound effect right here. Was that that was a dog bark? <laughs> good. Okay, I'm just good, gonna... good. I mean, you can also yeah. like if you don't want to edit sound effects in, you can also definitely just do foley work <laughs> with your mouth <laughs> and like get you know like walk shoes with your hands on a board near a microphone and stuff like that. <laughs> okay, so Abby, are you a cat person or a dog person? Well, shocking no one who knows me, I am a cat person. I was actually kind of like, I don't remember who suggested this topic. I'm a little concerned that I'm going to offend some dog people. But also I was doing, like, I I didn't feel strongly about this question before I did some research. But now I kind of feel like cat people are being oppressed. So that's my story. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's the oppression that's happening in our, in our country. Cat people deserve rights. Today I told a stranger on the street that disenfranchisement of poor people and people of color was similar to Jim Crow. So that's where I'm coming from, and I'm really ready to earn that, that one star for political talk that we keep mentioning. <laughs> someone's gonna do it someday and we're just waiting on it yeah but i think we really have to like like if we want it we gotta earn it Mm -hmm. you're right you're right so amy are you a cat person or a dog person (laughs) the most politically charged question (laughs) well here's the thing i'm one of those millennials who doesn't really ascribe to labels those millennials 
Yeah, I don't really believe in the cat person, dog person binary. I think that they're both like fuzzy four-legged friends that we should be jazzed about. Yeah, I mean, that is real true. I'm with you there. Also, can we just say that like society is so into binaries that we've actually gendered both of these animals to the point... (laughs) That, like, cat, we consider cats, the animal cats, to be, like, sexually attractive because they're the feminine one out of cats and dogs. Like, what? Why are we like oh. this? Oh, yeah, we sure. Oh, gosh. Wow, we're messed up. It's bad. So, yeah, I mean, I also reject binaries, but I am also a cat person, so. <laughs> it's okay everyone contains i mean it, if we had like a like kinsey scale of like cats are cats are one and dogs are six i would be like a 2.5 like i i can appreciate dogs i'm just definitely on the cat side oh gosh i think that my score would change depending on what the last animal i hung out with was. <laughs> yeah i mean i so. thought that i was right in the middle until i lived with a dog and then i discovered that i mean i love this dog that I live with. Casper's such a good boy. He's such a good boy, and he loves laughs, and he's sometimes very cat-like, but he's not a cat, and I'm sad about that. Yeah, we can't have it all. So, anyway, what? how do we feel about cat people versus dog people? The only thing I can think I thought of before I started doing research was, like, cat people all supposedly have toxoplasmosis, so that is it's true. not so much... Yes. Well, actually, I was reading into it some more, Mm -hmm. and scientists have found that toxoplasmosis makes rats be less afraid of cats, and that it strongly correlates with humans who really love cats, but they don't know whether the human aspect is correlation or whether it's causation or not. Maybe people who love cats just pet cats more. Yeah, right. No, I mean, that's definitely true, right? I I can imagine that it would be hard to tell if it was actually causing an effect in humans, but humans definitely do get it from cats. Right. That's, yeah, that's definitely true. But, like, everyone says, like, oh, if you hang out with cats, you get a disease that makes you love them. Cats are all trying to brainwash you with their illness. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, that's, like, the, the crux of the issue here, I feel, is that... That, like, people will always try to convince you that science says that cats don't really love you. And they will say this by saying that they've infected your brain. And they will also say this by just saying, like, oh, they don't show affection like dogs do, so they don't love you like dogs do. But I feel that this is lies and slander against cats. I was actually, like, I've heard people cite to me that, like, you know, cats don't love you and science says this. So I was looking for a study that said anything about this. There, were, there are so many popular science articles that are like, either cats do love you or cats don't love you. I did find a study from this month that just came out very recently. It's actually dated August 2017, but um, that's uh, called Social Interaction, Food, Scent, or Toys, a Formal Assessment of Domestic Pet and Shelter Cat Preferences. Um, and that one said that cats in general prefer human interaction to toys and food and good smells. So maybe cats do love you. That's very cute. I didn't look up whether or not dogs love you because, like, they do. They do, probably. They don't have. I mean, like, they they love you because we've tricked them into thinking that we're their pack leaders, probably. But like, that's okay. It's still real love. Yeah, and they're always just like so ready to party with you that like they have to love you. Dogs are extroverts. That seems 
arguably true, I guess. I don't know if you can say that of a whole species. But I did find that if we just smoothly transition here into our background section, which we've maybe already done, um, I did find a study that um, said that dog self-identified dog people were more extroverted, among other things. It was a... Um, so it was personalities of self-identified dog self-identified people. Self-identified dog people, people and cat yeah. people, 2010. Ta- I, I, I had it in 2015, but... Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. It was republished. Maybe I wrote down the wrong date, or it could have been republished. Yeah. Anyway, Gosling, Sandy, and Potter. It was a good article. It was... Yeah. It wasn't a great survey. I mean, it... it so it, the sample size was... 4.5 thousand people which is pretty good but it was an open internet survey so like who knows yeah i mean that's not i mean great, it was actually the like they, they collected people um like age and gender and um nationality and race data and uh like it was pretty diverse actually but like yeah you know i mean spread partially by word of mouth and also tilted towards the kind of people who take online personality surveys yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, but wow. they also, like, there were, we- they also did, like, mailing lists and portal sites. So it wasn't just that. But yeah, yeah there is absolutely, like, some self-selecting in there, as it happens with any survey. Yep. Yeah, and this one had so such a larger sample size than all of the other surveys yeah, that were running sand- around. Yeah, pretty good sample size. Wait, okay, can we talk about how this paper basically started with a, like, nine-point call-out post for every other dog-cat person Yeah, it was survey? kind of amazing. I mean, I also <laughs> appreciated that it listed all the results that the other ones had that made research easy, but, yeah, it had a lot of stuff to say about why every other article on this topic was wrong. Yeah, I loved it. Because it wasn't, like, in a pompous way or in an angry way. It was just, like, one of those matter-of-facts, like, this was wrong because you need more people in a survey and you need them to be able to choose whether or not they're a dog person or a cat person. Yeah, no, it definitely <laughs> seems true. Like, I, this was across a couple of articles that I read that, like, you know, you try to measure based off, like, dog and cat ownership and that does not actually correlate to whether people think of themselves as a cat person or a dog person yeah that's true because like you have a dog right well well i live with the dog yeah i mean but like close enough yeah and like i've had okay i guess i have had one dog and one cat so that makes it very even yeah, but <laughs> if I didn't, that would be wrong. <laughs> and, like, people come in families that might not match their personal pet preference. Yeah, definitely. And, and some people have one kind of pet because they're allergic to the other kind or something, but they still like the other one. And some people are, like, aspiring to be the kind of person who can own a pet. Yeah. Anyway, so this survey asked people whether they identified as a dog person, a cat person, both or neither. And they got 45% of people said they were a dog person. said they were a cat person, 28% said they were both, and 15% said they were neither. So there are way more dog people than cat people. Like, do you think that people who just, like, care a lot about personality tests might be more dog people, or do you think it's, like, the anti-cat agenda? (laughs) I wasn't reading anti-cat conspiracy theories into this, but, I mean, you never know. The the anti-cat Illuminati... (laughs) No, I don't know. I mean, it could be, like, so this study used the big five personality metrics, which I looked into this a little bit. It's a personality test thing based on research into the, quote, lexical hypothesis about the idea that the most important characteristics of people that are valued in a society will be, like, encoded into their language, which is interesting a bit, but 
Also, it's just another kind of personality test. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, yep, there are a lot of those. And I don't really believe that you can describe people as fundamental personality categories, but that's fine. Whatever. Yeah, and those categories were extroversion, agreeableness, conscientiousness, neuroticism, yep. and openness. So, which like cat, so fun. dog people were more extroverted, agreeable, and conscientious. Cat people were more open and more neurotic. Which like, I I don't even know how to parse that. <laughs> I just it doesn't. Yeah, I don't really like neurotic. Sense. Do they just mean like depressed? Like, what are they I talking don't... about here? There are so many more kinds of neuroses than depression. Okay, fair. Like <laughs> negative emotions in general or something. Yeah. Cat people just have a lot of baggage and <laughs> dogs just dog people just like to party. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, it's so strange to me. I just don't understand why neuroticism was even in there. Yeah, I really I have I'm questioning these categories as I do for every personality test that we've talked about and we talk about like one per episode. Yeah, <laughs> this is just a personality test trash talk hour, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's Next what we're, we're taking into down now. the Enneagram. I mean, it's fun and exciting, <laughs> much like an actual personality test, and it's about as scientifically sound. Yep, <laughs> seems like it. But yeah, so, I mean, it makes some sense to me that dog owners would be more extroverted. I don't really know. I, I mean, it said these differences were significant, hard to... So the other thing, uh, I guess I got this from a study called Personality Characteristics of Dog and Cat Persons that is also from 2015. It did a survey of 126 college students, which is much smaller. It was sort of speculating about the fact that it seems like a very high predictor of whether you're a cat person or a dog person is whether you grew up with a cat or a dog, which is not surprising. But if... If being a cat person or a dog person indicates things about your personality, then that means that your childhood pet indicates things about your personality? Maybe? I mean, it's hard to say causation there. Like, maybe things about your parent or guardian or whatever household you grew up in impact both your personality and what kind of pet you had growing up. Yeah, that's kind of weird, actually. I mean, like, unless there is something that could also be inherent to, like, having formative experiences with a pet in childhood. Like, I don't know if you have a dog and you have to walk the dog a lot or if you have a dog and you have to give a lot of positive feedback to the dog all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, true that, like, you interact differently with a cat and dog and if you did that in your formative years, maybe. Or if you just got infected with brain chemicals by a cat <laughs> in your childhood. <laughs> One of those two. <laughs> Yeah, there are a lot of environmental factors that could go in there, but there's also just the fact that, like, you know, the mere exposure effect, like, you become more fond of something if you are around it. Yeah, definitely. But, right, the question is whether that, like, influences your overall personality, which I am a little skeptical of. But this study also asked people to rank themselves on various um, personality traits, and it had dog owners ranking themselves high on masculinity and athleticism, regardless of gender, compared to cat people, um, which is, like, kind of predictable, again, because our society loves binaries and also, like, <laughs> correlating different binaries with each other in a weird way because we're horrible and the patriarchy. The, the survey said 
that masculine men were less likely to play with kittens, and I just have a sad face in my notes next to that because no. toxic masculinity is so harmful. <laughs> Oh my gosh, no. It's That's so, so sad. sad. Especially just because, like, there's nothing that's more, like, wholesome in your heart than watching a man who you would expect to be very, like, tough and standoffish playing with a small animal. Like, it's just ingrained into all of us that that is, like, a precious thing to see. Yeah. Oh, it's it's very tragic. Channing Tatum would play with a kitten. Where are the Channing I mean, Tatums yes, you require? Absolutely. I, I mean, I know this is really the patriarchy being a scourge on society, but maybe it is. Is it also dog people a little bit? Possibly. <laughs> okay, well, I was having thoughts about this. Uh-huh. So I think that the number of people who are both dog people and cat people are is like something sort of significant to look at in this situation. Yeah, so... Because there are a ton of them. Right, so from that, that one survey that we both cited... Almost half of people said they were dog people. Almost a third of people said they were both. And then only a little more than 10% of people said that they were cat people. Which means that can be reinterpreted to say that people who like cats are more likely to also like dogs than there are people who like that dogs is who are true, likely yeah. to also like cats. Which I think is significant. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, so this other survey that I looked at had people that, right, this didn't take into account people who said they liked both, which is the majority of people who like cats like both, and a minority of people who say that they like dogs like both, which I think is a very good point. Yeah, and it's very strange because dogs and cats do have so much in common. It's true. They're both furry and friendly, and you can sit with them and pet them. It's very nice. I like both of them. I just like cats more. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sure. I just... Like, are cats just unlikable? I mean, they are less obviously affectionate. Like, dogs are really super affectionate most of the time. So I guess people are into that. <laughs> people don't want to have to win win the trust of an animal. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, like, cats are... Many cats are also friendly. They just express it in a more low-key way. Okay, theory. Dog people would never be able to swing it in one of those, like, movies about getting a wild horse to trust you. (laughs) I would buy it. Can we, like, interview people who get wild horses to trust them and ask if they're cat people or dog people? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all of them are going to say they're both. Or they're going to say they're horse people. It seems very likely that they would say they're horse people. (laughs) (laughs) Or as some might call them, centaurs. No. I don't want to think about centaurs riding horses. That seems bad. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) I'm concerned. Everything about it is wrong. I'm very warm, Abby. Oh, God. Okay. We should should move on, then. We should get this done so that you can turn your AC back on. No, I'm so strong and brave. <laughs> but yeah, let's make a methodology. Oh, okay. Real quick, I just wanted to mention that like all of these results about cat or dog owners being more extroverted and masculine and stuff are so incredibly the opposite of the biggest dog lovers that I know. But that is just very good proof that the plural of anecdote is not data. So 
Let's keep yeah, that in that's, mind. We need to make that a regular tagline because we love anecdotes. We here. sure do. That is a lot of this and, show. <laughs> well, like you need to have something to yeah, want to, to do a to study about. Make hypotheses about. Anyway, yeah. let's design a study. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, did you have any thoughts on how you would create a study to that tries to figure out um, the dog cat? I didn't have any great. I mean, I think we do need to have a survey component because we need to ask them whether they're a cat person or a dog person. Yeah, there's no like sneaky way to do that because like it's something that you identify as. Yeah, absolutely. More than anything else. And it's like a very fake thing. Right. So. Completely constructed thing. Yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I did not mean to diminish any cat person or dog person <laughs> identity. I would like to propose maybe that we do have we do put a scale in here so that people, you know, beyond just the cat dog both, we actually get are you more of a cat person or more of a dog person? Get a little bit of finer data here. Yeah, and I also am sort of curious about whether there are people who, like, identify more strongly as cat people than dog people, but who identify most as, like, I don't know, lizard or, like, <laughs> guinea pig people. Yeah, definitely, or bird people or horse people. So we we should have a couple survey questions. One, like, if you had to rank yourself on a scale from dog to cat, and then also, like, do you identify more strongly with a different animal? I wonder if people who identify as dog people or cat people would identify personality-wise with the same as the animal they prefer. You mean, are they similar in personality to the kind of animal that they like, based on, like, personality stereotypes for that animal? Do they perceive themselves as being similar to that animal based on the stereotypes for that animal? I guess my hypothesis would be yes, because that survey with the very low sample size suggested that dog owners are more likely to see themselves as masculine and dogs are coded masculine, but that's just yeah. a hypothesis and we could definitely look into it. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know. I mean, one thing that I'd kind of like to test in this experiment that we're doing is if you give a cat person or a dog person an article or a study or just say to them, oh, I heard there was a scientific study that cats cannot feel true love, you know, <laughs> how likely are they to believe negative things about their animal versus the other animal. Especially because there's, like, so much anecdotal data that goes around via, like, sort of almost memes online that are, like, Uh things like, I don't know, like, dog people, like, cat people will be like, yeah, dogs are fine, and dog people will be like, actually, a cat murdered my whole family, and they're all monsters. Yeah, and also just um, things about dog owners being really picky about, like, breeds and stuff, and cat owners just being, like, my cat is orange She's orange, her name fat. is Rita. Yeah. We, this is the same post that we are referencing here. Yeah, it is, because we're in a mutual follow, yep. so. We, we could just do, you know, like a survey test kind of thing where you put down statements about either cats can never feel real love or a scientific study showed that cats can never feel real love and just ask people how much they agree with those. Are we going to have similar things for dog people, or are we just going to take the pre-existing cat studies that may Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Are there similar things for dog people? I mean, we could certainly fabricate ones. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, dogs' emotions are entirely based on weird alpha behavior and completely fabricated. You know, I don't know. You could say something like that. There are existing things that are like, dogs are very stupid. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I mean, right. I think we could put a mix on there. 
Yeah, but just weird how these how these studies that like seem sort of fake on the surface do tend to go down the exact lines of like dogs versus cat stereotypes. Yeah, it's I mean, I, I think a lot of these things just don't, they're not real studies. They're misinterpreted results from studies that are printed in, you know, Popular Science or the New York Times or whatever. Yeah, that's just the slogan of Popular Science. <laughs> yeah. I found this study that was cats tend to prefer human interaction to toys or treats, which is cute and nice, but does not automatically equal your cat loves you for real, you know, but that's how how everyone interpreted it in, like, the press. A lot of dog studies will say things about how, like, dogs react in certain ways to humans that are positive and, like, prefer human interaction over certain things, and that doesn't necessarily mean that your dog, like, loves you as much as it means that your dog is obedient to you and sees you as a leader. Uh Uh-huh. But right, also, I think people are maybe more likely to latch on to, oh, dogs love humans and cats don't like humans as much, even though there is this study saying that cats like human interaction too, because that matches the stereotypes. Yeah, and because the way that we interpret love and affection is incredibly performative. Yeah. Oh, also... I read this study, I know this is jumping back a section, but um, oh, please. I read a study about measuring attachment to companion animals, subtitle, A Dog is Not a Cat is Not a Bird, uh, it's from <laughs> Lee Zasloff, 1996, but anyway, it was, um, <laughs> I have to imagine it was written by a cat person, because it was mostly just a blistering critique of how lots of studies comparing affection for cats and dogs used all of these dog-specific measurements, like, how much do you take your pet for a walk? How much do you train with your pet? And studies that did that shockingly showed that people were more affectionate with dogs, but studies where they removed things that were more likely to be done with dogs and just went based off of, you know, how people feel about their pets showed that people with cats and dogs and birds think of them as members of the family and, like, have equal levels of affection for them. This is, like, such a parallel to gender research. <laughs> it's so true. Parallel. Good. I'm glad we, <laughs> we managed to work the politics so much into this very, like, nothing topic. Oh my gosh, I'm so hyped to get five one-star reviews so that I can read our reviews. <laughs> Just give us any number of reviews, please. <laughs> but if we get five, we can read them. Right, no. Just, just give us reviews. Please review us. We don't even care what the rating is, but make it either five stars or one star. We won't be able to open the box and see if there's a one star or a five star cat inside until we have five reviews. (laughs) (laughs) All cats are five star cats. It's very true. Absolutely. Anyway, so we're making a study. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so I think it's a survey, um, which is fine. We haven't done a survey in a while that asks people how they identify as cat or dog people or as something else, and also presumably collects demographic data about them, because why not? Yeah. And then asks them how whether they agree or disagree with statements. I guess we should say statements that some mix of statements that are often repeated, like cats have infected your brain to make you like them, and dogs are very stupid, but then we should also make up ones that we haven't heard and see if people are more likely to agree with those, even if they're just totally fake, you know? Yeah, I do have a quick question, which is, are we going to cite some of the things that we do that are based on articles we find? Because 
that would imply that we are expecting them to disagree with things that we have cited. And that could also be sort of a fun way to see at what point dog people will start distrusting bad articles about cats and at what point cat people will start distrusting bad articles about dogs. Yeah, that's a good question. Right. I do feel like if we just put dogs are very stupid and cats hate you and cats manipulate you, you know, whatever we come up with just as statements, people might be a little more skeptical if we cite them. I think that might just make people more likely to agree in general, but it would be interesting if there was a split there. I think it could be interesting just to see at what point people will disagree with science that they can assume has been like peer reviewed and studied. Uh, you yeah, know? definitely. It's a little because bit that's like that. I feel like times, you know, we could run it like that study where it was post World War Two, and they were intending to see if Germans were more likely to follow bad orders than Americans. They started with Americans and they had Americans being ordered to press a button while an actor acted like it was causing them pain. And and the idea was that they were going to go over to Germany and compare it, but they just didn't because the Americans were, like, way off the scale um, for just, like, they would just keep doing it. Like, there was pretty much no limit to how much Americans would torture a person if told to. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Stanley Milgram. Yeah. Uh, the Milgram experiment. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, but right, I feel like we could, you know, we could sort of do it as testing the limit of how far people will go. So start with just, you know, unsourced statements of dogs are stupid and then say, mm-hmm. like, a scientific study said dogs are stupid. Do you agree or disagree? And then cite the specific study that said dogs are stupid. Sorry I'm saying dogs are stupid so much. Dogs are very smart. <laughs> dogs are but we've also been saying bad things about cats and we feel no need to apologize for them well i do because cats are lovely and they love us and if you say a different thing then i will fight you (laughs) (laughs) okay so that's the thing we're gonna apologize for on this podcast (laughs) that's the first one Uh, (laughs) so one thing that i always sort of thought about the milgram experiment since i read it in like 12th grade or whatever was that there should have been a control where the people who were telling them to press the buttons were not wearing lab coats. <laughs> like, and I think that, that that maybe we should have a study that where the questions are not wearing lab coats, which is to say nothing cited. It's just like statements and whether you agree or disagree yeah. and one where they are just to see if that affects it, which I know is probably too many variables, but like... Yeah, no, I think we should try out different... I mean, then we we sort of end up cite, studying a different thing, which, I mean, maybe we should just run this as a completely different study. I do also think it's interesting, <laughs> which is how much do citations or the words studies say affect whether people will agree with a thing. But yeah, it, it is interesting in the context of cat and dog people because we could get baseline data about whether dog people are significantly more likely than cat people to believe bad statements about dogs and then how much putting a citation on there changes that. Well, I think that that's just a good way to filter out confirmation, not filter out confirmation bias, but to see how much of the study is actually affected by confirmation bias. Like, how much of it is people willfully ignoring information that seems like it should be correct because of their own agenda? Yeah, I feel like the study that we're designing now is not actually about cat and dog people. It's just using (laughs) cat and dog people as a way to test how much people will believe information that they don't agree with. 
but that's also super interesting. Again, I just am so interested in what scientific studies would be like if the people who were running them were not wearing lab coats. Right. I mean, I I feel like you get some amount of authority just from the fact that you're running a study, but although you could design an experiment and intentionally have the person running it be like a really unconfident undergrad and like see how that affected how people reacted. Oh, I love that, actually. Like, just, like, a kid coming out of me, like, hey, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think we, look do, at some we should do a corollary or a, a, um, a continuation <laughs> of the Milgram experiments, but just with, like, an actual child. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just a 10-year-old oh being like, <laughs> do you want to press the button again? Because, like, it's super fun. I heard some yelling. They're all having a great time over there. <laughs> yeah, I think we should try this. Okay. Okay. This is the Milgram Experiment 2, the sequel to Milgram. Yes, exactly. Milgram 2, Electric Boogaloo. (laughs) It's because you're shocking them. Abby, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I learned everything I knew from you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Okay, so we've designed not one, but two amazing studies here. (laughs) We're coming back to Milgram, too, in a later episode. (laughs) Okay, sounds good. All right. So, Amy, want to speculate wildly about what the results of this study will be? Let's go with the first one, not Milgram, (laughs) too. Okay. Okay, so I think that for the first study, we're definitely going to find that dog people are like more have more animosity towards cats than cat people have towards dogs. Yeah, I agree. I really didn't before I started doing research. I did not think that cat that dog people actually hated cats. But now I kind of do. Yeah, just because, like, there are so many people who like cats who also are, like, really like dogs. Yeah, and just, and right, the dog people just are not willing to commit to also liking cats. No. And also cat people scored higher for openness. And also neuroticism. (laughs) So what does that say about us? (laughs) Says that we're great at making categories. Cool. (laughs) How about you? I mean, probably confirmation bias and all that. Most people will be more likely to believe bad things about the animal that they're not into. But I, I think that it's more likely that people on the dog end of the spectrum will believe bad things about cats than the reverse. We started with an anti-cat agenda, but now we're creating the anti-dog agenda. We did not start with an anti-cat agenda. Well, we started by citing the anti-cat agenda. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess we're hypothesizing. No, but it's real. The the anti-cat bias is real, so we're not being mean to dog people because they're bad. (laughs) We're just creating equality. Um, I'm really not excited for my dog lover friends to listen to this episode. (laughs) Oh my god. When mutual friend of the podcast Shelby downloads this, I need you to steal her phone and delete it. (laughs) I'll do my best. All right. Thank you. She's also like (laughs) in my apartment right now, so I don't know how much of this she can hear. Be brave tonight. I will try my hardest. I will also try not to get murdered. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. So um, I have a quick question. Uh, What Uh, is that? Who's going to fund the study? Okay, so I think the thing is, we could maybe get an actual research organization to fund this study because we made it about confirmation bias instead of just about goofy questions about cat and dog people. Do you have, like, a funny answer? 
Um, okay, have you ever seen the film Cats vs. Dogs? I it's have. From early I was I resented it very deeply because the cats were evil. I think that the people who wrote the film Cats vs. Dogs are going to fund it because I think that they are going to want to make a sequel. Yeah, like a cool reboot and they want to get like real information, to real scientific information to base this on. Yeah, and they could have put that money into special effects, but they thought, they sure why didn't. change a bad thing? <laughs> <laughs> okay, but this film is further evidence of the anti-cat Illuminati because it's cats versus dogs, but the cats are the protagonists. No, the cats are the villains and the dogs are the protagonists. And I think this is very biased and it's indoctrinating our children. <laughs> <laughs> and that's remember tell your kids to pet a cat today and uh, contract toxoplasmosis yes, and then love it. cats forever <laughs> okay uh, great right. we did a great well, job at, at the that. end of the road yes. here <laughs> uh, so our music is marie curie by the crips and you should talk to us on various social media amy where can they talk to us they can talk to us at our email, which is at moreresearchcast at gmail.com, or they can send us a quick 140 character tweet on our Twitter, which is moreresearch underscore. We also have a Tumblr, which is moreresearchrequired.tumblr.com, and you can reblog things from us there. Please do. Just integrate with us. Join <laughs> our social all media social interaction media. circles. Yes. Say hey to us whenever. I'm very warm. <laughs> we would love to talk to you. And also we would love it if you left us enough reviews so that we could see our reviews on iTunes. Or like sent me a bag of ice. Just like. Amy, okay, we need Amazon to stop this time. show so that you can turn your AC on. You're right. Okay. I'm going to wrap it up. Okay. I, um, I don't remember how we end the show. Wait, I, I can do the sign off if you want. Please, I can't remember anything. I'm not a human anymore. Okay. Check your local election schedules to see if you have a local election this year and stay curious. I won't be appreciated for my art in my lifetime. But after you're dead, people will uncover <laughs> this podcast and they will marvel at the artistry that went into that pun. Yeah, they'll also just find the notebook full of puns that I have saved up just under my bed oh, wow. that I peruse every night. And they'll say, this was a un- misunderstood genius. Will the world ever see those puns, though? Like, will you publish them or use them? No, it's going to be, like, Emily Dickinson style. I'm going to put them in a drawer in my dresser and, like, got never... It, got it. My sister's going to find them and then she'll wow. publish them. and so tragically beautiful. Hey, Richard. Hey, Kelly. 
Do you like animation? Heck yes. What's your favorite animated show? Naruto. You're wrong. Oh. If you want to get the right answers, come join our resident experts, Richard and Kelly, as they discuss, comment, and dissect anything and everything pertaining to animation. The show is called Animate the World, and you can find us on iTunes, where we upload every single Tuesday with a new episode. Yeah. And then you won't be a sad little lonely nerd anymore. Like me. Don't be like us. Don't be like us. See you then. See you then.